Glad you could join us for episode 103 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne, as spring has finally arrived here on the East Coast, and hopefully it's not just teasing us this time. I don't know. It, you just This time of year in Maryland, you just never know. I actually have a picture of last year. It was April 14th, because I have Sean holding a sign saying April 14th as snow falls all around him. Uh, you should have had a newspaper. Otherwise, uh, you could have just made that sign up. Oh, yeah, that's and, uh, true. Good point. The whole but, proof of life thing. Of course, ah, I, right, I we'll could have had a newspaper from any time. Well, no, that wouldn't make sense. All right. Tonight, we continue our discussion of James Cameron's cyberpunk series, Dark Angel, starring Jessica Alba and Michael Weatherly, as we enjoy the second consecutive episode with an actor who has made it kind of big after their Dark Angel appearance. I think, yeah, this is like two episodes now. We've got guys who just kind of dropped off the map as soon as they were on Dark Angel, right? Yeah, yeah. Rain Wilson, who obviously we know from The Office. Yeah. In fact, I am going to refer to him as Dwight up through pretty much this whole podcast. Yeah, and, you know, obviously the interesting thing is his character in Dark Angel certainly has elements of his character in The Office, or maybe it's the other way around. Yeah, obviously the... You know, Dark Angel came first, but um, yeah, you could say that you know Rain Wilson might have a character type here, right? Because that uh, the character in Dark Angel is in many, many ways very similar to Dwight. Um, you know, like kind of existing on his own plane and uh, un- misses the irony that is taking place around him. Yep, and uh, he also appeared in an HBO series called Six Feet Under, which you said you saw the first season. It's about uh-huh. a family that owns a funeral parlor the father is killed in a tragic car accident and the family's left to pick up the pieces and he appears i guess he didn't appear in season one he comes on as kind of an assistant ends up uh spoiler alert having an affair with the mother but what but he's not quite as quirky as he is in the office and in dark angel but he's still you know a little quirky but well, he's a heck of an actor. He is indeed. And he's very as a uh, top-notch comedic actor, and um, yeah, really brought it this episode. You know, in a, in a, an episode that was much lighter than the the previous one. I think you'd agree with that, right? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. So, well, we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail dot com, the website fatalist.podbean.com where you can leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab. You can also record your own audio clip, send the MP3 as an attachment, or just send us a tweet at sci-fi TV rewatch. And hopefully you'll consider joining the Facebook group, sci-fi TV rewatch and join in the discussions there. And you know how I always tweet out that we're, you know, getting ready to record an episode or whatever. And, and in the most recent ones, I put in the fact that uh, Jensen Ackles is in this episode the the one we just released today and boy did we get a lot of response there uh, uh, all of it positive so there are a lot of jensen ackles fans out there for sure yeah he's you know he's a big name no, no question about it yep uh and also want to thank gabby for sending us some information about jennifer blanc being uh related to her sudden departure from the show and you know really interesting stuff that just really appreciate you sending that to us all right so tonight we're going to take a look at alamy ballard who plays herbal thought 
on Dark Angel. And, you know, he, he's done a lot of work as well, 51 IMDb credits. Uh, he had a recurring, well, actually, I guess he has a recurring role on CSI, the original one, having appeared 14 times through 2015. So apparently his character is still going. Uh, he was a series regular on a show called Numbers, where he played David Sinclair during 114 episodes, 2005 to 2010. Did you ever watch that show? No, did that start in 2005? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, I guess you could make the argument it was sort of a genre show, because as I recall, it was some guy that was uh, a savant with numbers and, right. and solved crimes that way. But I can't but, believe that was that long ago, though. Yeah, but, you is, know, this, is it not on any longer? No, 2010, apparently. Okay. Uh, he was also on Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, 97-98. Uh, American Dreams, 2004, appeared in an NCIS, a NCIS episode in 2011. The Superhero Squad, which I don't know what that is, but 32 episodes from 2009 to 2011. Oh, was he maybe like a voice on there or something? Uh, you know, it usually says voice, but it, it didn't here. So Never I, heard of that. I, I Sounds like a kid's show, but what do I know? Appeared in the Rizzoli and Isles episode 2012, Bones 2013. He was in the Scorpion pilot in 2014. Did you see Scorpion? Nope. It was not bad. It was, it was uh, again, it's kind of like a spy-fi show, and I believe it's still on. It may I think it got renewed for a season two, and it was good. I just don't have time for it. He was in a Castle episode 2015, Castle P.I., so I'll have to go back and look no, at it. Yeah, I'll, that was I'm like, that's just this year. Yeah. That was actually just like a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, well, he's not a PI anymore. So, right. But I'm just saying, it's, but it's, yeah, not it's long very ago. Very recent. Yep. Now, he's got some things going on currently. He's got a film called Call Me King that's in post production. In the international world of gun running, loyalty, honor, and discretion are valuable commodities, but nothing is more priceless than the bond of family. So, you know, sounds like kind of the. The mafia meets, uh, uh, you know, the drug runners of Brazil or something. Yeah, it doesn't sound very good. Yeah. Uh, he's filming a TV movie with Mireille Enos, who uh, you may know from The Killing. Well, you may not, because I don't I think would, you watch The no. Killing. But, but she, you know, she's a pretty big name. She was also in, oh, you know where she, you know her from, is the movie we saw with Brad Pitt. Uh, where she's his wife and they're on the run from zombies or World War Z. World War Z. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's his wife in that. Gotcha. Uh, so this movie's called Smoke and Mirrors, and it follows a female forensics accountant whose career specialty is exposing fraud for a living. Uh, he's got a film called A Perfect Weapon that's just been announced. Uh, a disgraced U.S. Marshal falls for the escaped female terrorist. He was reinstated to hunt down, but her desire for vengeance and his need for redemption makes, sex. It, makes it unlikely he'll bring her in alive. Um so that's what he's got going on. And then according to IMDb, and you take it for what it is, he apparently is an avid comic book collector. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Very cool. Yeah. But we are here to talk about episode 19 of season one of Dark Angel. I and I am a camera written by David Simpkins, who also wrote for Charmed, a couple things on Warehouse 13, and the Dresden Files, which one of our listeners suggested we watch that. And, you know, I know I've looked it up a couple times and, and still haven't watched it. But uh, the main character is uh, an Arrow who plays the uh, the captain. I can't think of his name now. Oh, that guy. 
Yeah, yeah Captain Lance. Yeah, Captain Lance. With the actor, I've seen like loads of t- he's in loads of things, but yeah, his name escapes me completely. Yeah, uh, directed by Jeff Woolnaw, who directed the 14th episode, "The Kids Are Alright," and this one aired on May 1st, 2001. Uh, as we said, Rain Wilson is the main guest star, and you know, coming off the the heels of polo loco which i think we both agreed was one of the strongest episodes of the season it was a tough act to follow but i think this one was really strong as well maybe not as strong but certainly i think it's a perfect follow-up to that very heavy episode is for the next one to be a more lighthearted one right and and i think we were all wondering what logan's reaction was going to be to lydicker's little package and we do get a little bit of a payoff there and and i i Think yeah. we're and, all- and you were at, you were right because I think you kept saying how you thought that he would be affected by it, and you know you yeah. totally nailed that. Yeah. Um, so you know, in terms of thematic ideas, we often see shows that examine the idea of science advancements gone awry, and and certainly Dark Angel has explored that primarily, I guess, through the Manticore Project, and I guess to, on a larger scale, the whole Pulse incident in and of itself. But this one kind of looks at the abuse of power specifically through the use of surveillance progress. And, and, you know, Wayne, even on the surface in 2015, we're told that, you know, it makes us safer as authorities can keep tabs on terrorists at the airports. Dude, this, this show was so prescient, it's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about how many times, especially on Castle, which obviously we both watched, that uh, I've, got, I've got traffic cam footage, I've got security cam footage. It's almost like you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. That is, we we are living. Some people would say we we're kind of in a police state. You know that um, our personal freedoms are are few and far between. Right, and, and and we we willingly give them up for this idea of security. Right. Yeah. And, and the uh, the Patriot Act is, and I'm not trying to get political here. I'm just saying, you know that. When people get scared, and this is throughout history, uh, same thing with suspension of habeas corpus during the Civil War. Lincoln did that, right? Yeah. Um, John Adams, the Alien Sedition Act. So it's, you know, whatever, in times of trouble, then people get a little bit scared and, you know, willingly give up their, their rights for um, for a, at least perceived security. Um, all the way back to Julius Caesar, I would say. So, um, you know, yeah, so... But you know, for them with the drones, you know, now we got you know, Amazon says, well, we can deliver your package to you, like, like, look at these split with a drone come right to your door, and they're like, I don't know if I like that. Well, you know, in our area, they're claiming now they can get it to us in an hour, right? Because they have the warehouse here, uh, you know, near where we live. Yeah, well, they bloody well better get it to me to an hour. Now I have to pay sales tax. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did get my memory a day faster than they claimed, so. Uh, that was good. All right. Well, anyway, opening scene. <laughs> They're at a bar. They seem to be at a bar a lot lately. Yeah, actually, in my notes, you know, it says starts in the bar again. Yeah. Uh, so Max, Cindy, and Sketch get introduced to Herbal's friend Snuffy Wills, who's just been released from prison, and we find out that Herbal also did some time, surprisingly, for drug possession of weed. I, I think he said. Um, I think so, so. Yeah. So I guess even in this time, it's still illegal. Uh, you know, ironically, uh, Washington State, it's it's legal now, right? Yeah, it's legal in the state of Maryland to a limited degree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's it's completely and totally like you can just roll a joint on the sidewalk legal anywhere. 
obviously I don't know that much about it, but yeah, certainly there's a lot of places, our own state included, where it's uh, to some degrees it's been legalized. So yeah, it it, it seems strange that that uh, in a show that that is very future reaching and, and seeing the future that they would still have drugs or you know at least marijuana is completely illegal. Yeah. Um. In the you know in the twenty twenty right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they talk about maybe getting him a job at Jampony. Well, obviously that idea doesn't last long. Sketch has been drinking heavily. And then once he does his little flamethrowing trick with the alcohol and the matches, Max is like, dude, you've had enough. I'm getting you out of here. The two of them are on their way home. Now, yeah, let me just comment on the, the, uh, the flaming shot there. Um, because this is actually a thing. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Like, like someone drinks, like some like grain alcohol or something that is uh this is actually my buddy used to do this would get like grain alcohol and then they would like take his a mouthful and spit it out into a match and it would it would burst a flame but not like a freaking flamethrower that was coming out of sketch's mouth right because that flame lasted for like five seconds and that that's like there's he would have had to have a, a lot of of booze in his mouth for that to happen yeah now we're Introduced for the first time to, I'm calling him Weird Guy. You're going to call him. I'm going to call him Dwight. You're going to call him Dwight. We obviously learn at the end his name is Phil. And he's skulking around the streets with this camera attached to his head. And it's uh, very weird to say the least. He's making these mechanical sounds as he moves. So, I mean, for me, the first thing I'm thinking is, all right, James Cameron, Terminator. Cyborg, yeah. Uh, and he's this vigilante, except he's like, uh, make some kid pick up a cigarette, but he's just thrown to the ground. So, right, uh, the, the, that's an actual thing, like the broken window theory, right? Uh huh. It was like uh, New York City, like about a decade ago. I can't remember the police chief. They were thinking that, you know, if there's a broken window in the neighborhood, then people look at it and think it's a bad neighborhood and they treat it like it's a bad neighborhood. And so there's more crime there. So if we can do things like, keep littering to a minimum, fix the broken windows, you know, and the empty buildings, then crime will go down. Right. right. I don't know if that has actually worked out. Do you know anything about that? Uh, I don't, but I mean, but it, but it certainly makes logical sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah. And it's almost something like out of RoboCop. You know what I mean? The, the, yeah. the, some of the crimes that they were trying to stop there. Well, Sketch obviously had too much to drink. He's hurling into something, hopefully not on Max's shoes, as she points out. And at which point I thought, you know, that Dwight was going to come over and say, "Hey, you're going to pick that up, right?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, they get approached by a group of guys trying to rob them, and Sketch mouths off initially, and then gives up his wallet. And and you know, Max apparently is just going to chill. Well, they pull a gun on him, right? Well, well, right, but but. You know, still he gives up his wallet, and Max is still yeah, cool. Which, to all our listeners out there, when they pull a gun on you, give up your wallet, right, and, and look away, right. But the guy makes the mistake of slugging Sketch. Max turns her hat around and then kicks all their asses. Uh, meanwhile, Phil's snapping photos of Max doing her thing, and then when the one guy tries running, Phil sticks out his leg, trips him, hands Max Sketch's wallet. Max is, you know, ready to turn around, and, and this is the first time we see he's just disappeared, and and we're starting to think like, okay, what are these guys? What what are this guy's powers? Right, you know, he might even be an X five. Well, this point. that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but um, although although she, she she didn't seem to recognize exactly, him. exactly right. So well, actually, not an X five. Like maybe like 
an X2, 3, or 4. You know, maybe an earlier model that somehow he got out, or maybe the later model that he got out, you know, something like that. But here's the thing. I noticed the irony that they knock out Sketch, because that is the only thing keeping these guys from getting their asses kicked, right? Yeah. Like, if Sketch is conscious, then Max really can't beat them up because she doesn't want him to see her superpowers, right? Right. But they punch him out, and it's like, oh, well, now I can get to use my, you know, my genetically engineered powers, and... And they all get their asses kicked. So. Yeah. Well, we get our comic relief in the next scene when it's the next day and Sketch is telling the story of Jam Pony a little bit differently than the way it actually transpired. He thinks it was the vigilante that took all the men out. And, and obviously, Max is happy to go along with that. Yeah, at least he doesn't put himself as the, the big hero. Yeah, or, or, the, the normal comic thing would be for next day, the guy boasting about how he kicked their asses. And right. Now, a uh, package has to get delivered, and apparently it's to a neighborhood so bad that nobody will go. Max agrees to take it, and it turns out that it's Phil meets her in the hallway and tells Dwight. her, I figured you'd be the only one not afraid to come here. Turns out the package is for her, and, uh, you know, look, I mean, the guy's weird throughout the entire episode, Opens it up. It's a crumpled page with the word destiny typed in the middle. Yeah. I can see your future, he tells her. Okay. There's a lot of drama going on there. Yeah. None of which really makes sense, you know, but then again, he's talking about parallel universes as well. Right. (laughs) And portals in, I forget where he says, Des Moines or somewhere. I forget where it wasn't Des Moines, but some Midwestern city. And then again, just as you think you're going to get a good look at him, he disappears. Yeah, uh, and then like the guy chases another dude out with a machine gun and shoots at him. Like, that is so random. Right, and doesn't look around. Nobody seems to blink. He goes back in his apartment and life goes on. Yep, but, don't uh, worry about the witness standing right there. Just It's okay. Yep, but life did not go on for Snuffy, however, no. he, who turns up dead. <laughs> we see his body on the street under a car and it's a group of kids playing baseball that notice him when the ball rolls under the car and you know oh yeah dead body no big deal well yeah well he's the foul line he's the foul line right which again like it's the comment on the state of what this world is like you know after the pulse is even the children are kind of you know inured with, with through the uh to the violence around them yeah and then somebody who is uh usually much more cold-hearted about these sorts of things back at jam pony even normal is expressing his condolences to herbal and the others and and i think they figure that you know there's there's something else to come that he can't possibly be sincere but he clearly is not sure why but well this is probably he quotes reagan or something at this point like i can't remember i know i took my notes on it Yeah. Well, we find out that Snuffy had done six years for forging a sector pass, which uh, seems pretty extreme. It seems pretty harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this is where we learn that that recent parolees are turning up dead. Logan wants to get a list of upcoming parolees so that, you know, Max and he can warn them to be careful. And and obviously, immediately we're wondering because we've got the experience of, of 18 prior episodes that the police could be involved here. You know, we certainly have heard about right. police death squads before. Sure. And especially with, um, you know, Logan, that's that's like his first suspicion, right? I mean, he goes there right away. He's yeah. like, oh, this, this is probably the police are, are doing this. 
Yeah, and apparently he's having some computer issues. They bring up the idea of brownouts in the previous episode, and now I, I guess he keeps he says he keeps getting bumped off, but I don't know. So Max agrees to acquire the list the old-fashioned way, which is to break and enter. The old five-finger uh, discount. Yeah, but then as she's leaving, she mentions, hey, why don't we have dinner after I get this done? And, and he declines, and it's kind of the first inkling that, Lydecker's photos of Max are getting to him as we see him. You know, he's got one under his pad of paper there. Yeah, I was about to say, we don't know it right away when he says, no, I don't want to have, but then, yeah, he takes the pad of paper and he's looking at the picture. So, like, oh, okay, well, there it is. And I was like, hey, nice call, Dave, because you, know, you totally said that he would react that way to the pictures. Yeah. And then he hears Lydecker's voice. They were designed to kill. All it takes is a trigger. And and I think it was that second statement about the trigger that really gets him thinking that is there something that's going to just set her off that she's not going to be able to control any longer? Because he's pretty confident that she can control herself at this point. Yeah, but it's always that, you know, like we talked about last time, that, that heart of darkness, that, that darker inside, right? And that even that, that phrase gets brought up later that's, on. Absolutely, right. So what are people capable of right that's yeah. we i mean you see his distrust his own uncle here is capable of an absolutely horrific thing yeah and he the guy that apparently he trusted up until finding out that he couldn't right yeah i mean you know albeit very tenuously i think i, I don't think he was any- still he he goes to him saying here's what's the, these are your drones and the uncle says well, I don't know. I'll have to look into this. And, and Logan buys it, right? So he doesn't even suspect his uncle is compl- complicit in this at all until he discovers that he is. Yeah. Well, true. I mean, I guess I looked at it that that is he going in a little naively? I mean, that on the one hand, he's pretending that his uncle isn't involved. But I wonder if deep down that he realizes that his uncle cares so much about making money that he'd be willing to do anything but I don't know. We, either way, we do find out the truth before too long. We see Phil continues to follow Max. And then this is the first time we see that he's also got these leaping abilities. I mean, we had we, we experienced his ability to vanish from the scene without a trace. But now we can see he, he can leap as well. Right. So this is the point where I'm like, especially he jumped over the fence. I'm like, yeah. okay, I think he might be somehow. He's one of these X generations Obviously not X five because Max would have completely recognized him, but he he must be some kind of X man as you said the other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, now she goes in to steal the list, and you know she's not really in any danger of being caught. The guard does know someone's there, but Phil comes running out, takes out the guard, allows Max an easy retreat. And the guard doesn't fall for the old throw something the other direction trick. Right? Well, right. But I think we all know. That's she's, a classic, man. Like, I can't believe he didn't go for it. Yeah, she's, but she's not in any real danger. Uh, right. But, but what she finds is when she returns to her bike that Phil's left a note. You really do need to talk to me. Bad things will happen, which obviously sounds rather ominous. And it's probably even for her because she knows he's such a whack job. At least that's what it appears that what what are these bad things you know what could they possibly be is it something that's just you know in his mind or is it real 
So. Right. And from what we've seen, we are pretty sure a lot of it could be in his mind. Yeah, yeah. Now, Max gets the list for Logan, and apparently there are 22 inmates scheduled for parole, and both of them are wondering how six people end up dead and no one sees anything, especially right. with the hover drones. Right. And what they say is, you know, why they didn't get anything on tape, at which I'm like, Here's the second thing where James Cameron kind of blew it as far as seeing the future. Like, really? Like, it's it's 20 years in the future, and you think we're still using videotape? Seriously, James? Come on, you work in film, dude. Like, give me a break, right? Yeah, yeah true, true. Um, Maybe he didn't get eyes on the script before they, they, they did it. Yeah, he was probably moving on to something else by the time this actually started production. Right. But uh, anyway, Logan decides he's going to talk to Uncle Jonas who is a conservative law and order type, but more worried about money than ethics. And, you know, Max asks if he wants her to come along since Uncle Jonas liked her. Nah, that's okay. Uh, let me, I'll do this alone. Again, you know, she keeps putting herself out there. And, and, and again, we get it. He's still influenced by what Lydecker gave him. Although I don't know what his excuse was before that. Yeah, well, it's just kind of back and forth thing. Because like last episode... Um, he wanted to help her and, and she said no. Right. And now she offers to help him. And he said, so it's like this kind of, I, it, it, he's not, I don't think he's doing it out of spite or vengefulness, but I think it's just, they, I don't know. They're, they're nervous about the others, the, the other life that the, the other person leads, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I think the most telling line, maybe even in the entire episode is then he asks her how it went. And she says, fine, just some weird guy following me. And if he gets out of line, I'll just kill him. <laughs> well, does she know that Logan has those photos? Is she just messing with them? I find it hard to believe it's just a throwaway line by the writers and certainly by her. I think she's being facetious, okay. though, don't you? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't for a second think she meant that. I didn't even put that in my notes. Well, I don't think she meant it. I'm just wondering whether she knew that it would get a reaction from Logan uh, because he has those photos of her. It's possible. But she doesn't know he has them, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. We don't, I don't know. Right. I mean, we, we haven't seen that she knows, but. Right. Anyway, so Max who's been confiding in original Cindy a lot. And I really like that dynamic. I wish we would get a little more of it, but I understand why we can't, but she's confiding in her about, you know, Phil following her and, and thinks maybe he's some kind of off the wall bounty hunter. Who's, you know, been paid to bring her in. Right. Well, yeah, I love, I love the line when she, you know, she says, break it down for original Cindy. And then Max goes, there's this freak. And Cindy goes, you need to be more specific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a great line. It's like, yeah. Uh, but then after, you know, she brings that up, she mentions that Logan is acting as if he knows something about her, which would then, I guess, discount my theory that, that she may know about the photos um, because she'd probably be specific because obviously Cindy knows about Max's past at this point. Right. She just said there's this weird vibe off him lately, she says, you know, so it's just like he's acting weird. And yeah, he is acting weird. And, and ha- having been in a relationship for with a woman for a long time, uh, I have come to the conclusion that she probably knows more about me than I know about myself. And so, you know, 
There is that. I can attest to that as well. Uh, well, anyway, Logan asks his uncle for hover drone surveillance footage to help him prove that there's a police cover up because we find out that his uncle's company manufactures hover drones. And I don't know if we ever knew that before. I don't recall hearing yeah, that. I don't think so. I mean, we knew that his family was wealthy, but yeah, I don't know if we ever got like where that wealth comes from. Right. But then he throws out that line, his uncle, that is, oh, another of your rogue police death squad theories. And then on a clear day, I bet you can really see the class struggle from that penthouse of yours, can't you? Yeah, that was a snarky comment from another rich dude, right? Well, yes, but I guess on the one hand, his uncle is not making any illusions that he's fighting for the little guy uh, and that he's trying to right wrongs. And obviously, the class struggle is alive and well in 2020. So, uh, you know, and I, and I think it does hit home a little bit for Logan. Look, I mean, at the end, he could have cashed those that check. Uh, he knew what was coming with, with the company taking a big hit and basically his endless money supply was going to come to an end. So I think it did have some impact on him. Yeah. Well, totally. It's, it's completely did, but that's kind of the bothersome part to me. I don't know if bothersome is the right word, but just that did Logan really just figure out that this was like basically blood money? You know, I mean, granted before he didn't realize that the drones were, you know, killing and shooting people and stuff. But still, you know, it seemed like the family business was in drones and it was just like, I don't know. Well, I mean, they do make a big point of the class struggle. And and certainly that's something that that in reality in 2015 we, we face as well. But I don't think he's under any illusions that his uncle is getting rich probably off the backs of low paid labor. I mean, we see what the economy has devolved into. But Max tries to talk him out of it later it's like don't be a dope i mean look at all the good you're able to do because you have this money yeah i guess that's probably how he kind of rationalized it before you know like well i know this money is you know it's it's not coming from a place i'd like it to but i can use it to do good and and that's fine you know but now all of a sudden he just has this complete change of heart which i guess is natural once he finds out that you know that his uncle was funding this program of drones killing other people. Yeah. Well, Max goes to surveil Phil, finds his lair, and it, 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 creepy doesn't describe it, but uh, he, he seems to be the guy killing the parolees. He's got all the articles tacked up on the wall. I mean, it looks something, you know. They even have X's over their faces. Yeah, too, yeah. Right? I mean, we've seen this dozens of times in police procedurals, but it turns out he's not the killer. It's the hover drones that are doing the killing and that his job has been to try to actually save them. But, of course, uh, that seems a little far-fetched at first. Yeah, well, he's been doing a really crappy job, actually, so far, yeah. right? Yep. So Max takes him back to Logan's, and I love the scene. You know, Phil's asking Logan, yeah. you know, uh, well, about his powers. Well, what can your chair do? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then he asks, I like Max, that he says, I'm a voracious reader. Yeah. And then he asks Max, well, were you struck by lightning? Bitten, yeah. Bitten by a spider? Bitten by you know, a like spider, yeah. <laughs> classic superhero backstory. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's when we learn that he's using technology stolen from a DOD warehouse. And at that point, I mean, we can't help but wonder whether or not this technology could help Logan walk again. And, and obviously we get the little payoff there at the end of the episode. 
Yeah, you know, it's so funny because at the end, I even put it in my notes, like, duh. I, like, I didn't even think that. Like, I should have thought that the minute I saw it as an exoskeleton, I'm like, oh, that might help Logan walk. But I didn't think that at all until the very end. And I'm like, oh, I'm so stupid. How did I not see that? I, so, I don't know. That's what she said. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> nice one. Well right. played, sir. And then, and then Phil asks Max, well, how old were you when you discovered you had powers? And I liked her reply. You know, she was very young when it was beaten into me. Or, But we get a little bit of Phil's origin story, and, and we find out that he lost his sister, who had some physical, emotional, mental problems. And they were being robbed by, you know, this small band of marauders. And he was like, just take whatever you want. And apparently his sister was freaking out and he was unable to save her, protect her. And, you know, Max mentions losing a sister, Eva, at nine. And I don't think we've heard about her before. I think we actually did. We did? Yes. Way, way back. Even maybe even in episode one. Okay. See, I was going to go look it up and I thought, nah, if I look it up, I might see something else. But there was this, because there was her and a sister. Remember like, because they're being like abused. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. So I I, I couldn't really remember it. I was too lazy to go look it up. But, uh, but yeah, but that's, that's like way back. Yeah. Um, but but what comes out of this scene, I think, is that that Phil and Max have this common ground that, that that they feel this guilt over past inadequacies, things that they felt they should have been able to do, but weren't. And and the reality is, we know you were children. Yeah, which you know, Max says that to him. So that shows maybe that Max is able to deal with her own guilt a little bit more now than uh, than she was when we saw her episodes and episodes ago, when she was really torn up by this. Yeah, exactly. Well, Logan's uncle gets to use a nice little X-Files reference in relation to Logan seeing police yeah, I thought conspiracy. You'd like that one. <laughs> uh, and, and he confronts his uncle about the hover drones. And you know, we find out that his uncle's company has developed stealth technology that can track down and eliminate anyone anywhere based solely on a photograph. And here's where it starts getting a little dicey. He calls Logan to meet. And right. is he, does he know he's setting up his nephew to be killed? I believe he does. Um, I mean, he says, you know, we're just sending him on a wild goose chase. And obviously his partner, you know, I, mean, I, I wonder whether he knows he's setting him up to be killed. Right, right. Actually, you know what? I, at first I thought that he, that he did like when he when he first said oh meet me below i'm like wow that is dodgy like how come you can't just be him at your office you gotta meet him at this sketchy place out of the way logan should his spider sense should be tingling here completely um so i, I totally suspect that his uncle was saying him up to be killed and then when you know his partner comes in and has him killed then like oh well, no, he probably didn't think that, that Logan was going to get killed, or why Why kill him, right? Right, but now the partner knows where Logan's going to be, so he can take them both out, obviously, which is, right. which is clearly the plan. Well, Phil tells Max that, well, you know, I know where the drone control center is. Well, okay, he does, but they, they have a, <laughs> they, they open a wrong door for a second. Yeah. 
Well, the, the whole lead, and this is just like uh, this is like Rain Wilson all over. It's just he's so brilliant. Like, oh man, like he's such an awesome comic actor. And those two scenes of kicking in the door were just. I mean, for me, that like did for me for the whole episode because I was just like, it was so well done, so perfect that that like that awkwardness, you know, like all right, do we go on two or three, or, you know, and everything. It just uh, it was fantastic. Well, that, I and just then loved it. and then the next one where uh, she says, "Well, well, are you sure this time? You said you were positive last time." He goes, "No, I said I was sure, not by you know." Yeah. Right. Um, well, anyway, they eventually find the right door. And they see immediately that Logan is the current target. Uh, we get our chase scene, which was actually pretty cool as they're being shot up. And that that it was uh, super cool. And then uh, Phil gets on Max's bike while she's got the car. And eventually she's able to disable the throat. The, eventually she's able to disable the drone. And then I love the last scene when she sticks that that you know, metal bar into the drone. Say good night, Hal. Yeah. Yep. 2001 yeah, reference for you uh, youngsters out there that maybe haven't seen it yet. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was like really, okay. So here, obviously I know I'm a nitpicker. Uh, I, I, I apologize for that. Well, you haven't but, picked on anybody's grammar recently. True. I've, I've been letting that slide a little bit, but, uh, um, why is the drone chasing her? Like, I get it when she's in the car, right? Yeah. Because it probably recognizes the car. But once she's out of the car, wouldn't the technology realize that it's not Logan? So this isn't a sentient being. It's just like, oh, well, this woman's still a danger. I'm going to take her out. No, it's the target's Logan. You think it would just move on then? Okay. Right? Yeah, that good point. Yeah, I know it's a good point. Yeah. But obviously... We let it go, and we suspend our disbelief, right? Yeah, so she can bring it down. All right, well, anyway, Eyes Only uh, exposes Kale Industries, knowing that he's going to now lose a significant portion of his income. Maybe you could argue all of his income. Then we've got the scene where he and Max are celebrating, drinking that bottle of wine his uncle gave him upon his college graduation, told him, you know, use it to celebrate a significant occasion, and then to my dear uncle Jonas, who underneath his smile was a cold blooded killer. And again, I'm thinking like, gosh, is this how you see Max? And it's, does she think that's the way he sees her? Well, and, and when he says at the point where he says that line that we totally are like, Oh, he's yeah. He's talking about his uncle, but he means Max. Yeah. You know, because that's been the whole episode. He's been reflecting. He's been looking at the pictures and everything. Yeah. But I, I guess the, the hard part to kind of accept is that he's been working with her for a while now. Has she shown any indication of, you know, being the kind of man his uncle is? I mean, yes. So has she killed anyone? Well, not besides Ben. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there was that. Right. But and, other, outside of that, I don't, I don't know if she now actually, actually remember stuff, but well, and, I, I mean, she's not stealing from good people. I mean, you, no. you know, she's so, but, but it's, the, the, but the line is cold-blooded killer, right? That's his concern because he knows that with these these pictures from when she was a kid that she she killed someone in cold blood for no reason at all. Someone who'd never done anything to her. She and a bunch of her brothers and sisters went and straight up killed a guy. Yeah. And that, 
obviously has been bothering him. And he says that line and we think, oh, well, you know, here, verbal irony, right? He means more than he's saying. He's, you know, he's saluting or, you know, mockingly saluting his uncle. But really, he's kind of telling Max, I know or I suspect that is your deal. But then he kind of flips it over, though, because he, he says, that's not you, right? Yeah. Well, and that leads right into their conversation about the heart of darkness, you know, and then, right. and then Max tells him that the darkness is always with her, seemingly on her tail, you know, that, that she can't escape her past no matter how much she tries. And at this point, I think that really resonates with him and that, you know, maybe that was the the verbalization that's going to soften him a little bit and make him realize that you know those photos are not who max is now well i think he he's thought it out right he realizes well yes there there is this capability of darkness that is inside of her yeah now we but also that from what i've seen and what i know of this woman from the time that i've known her is that she's a good person and she's a person who who wants to do good, who wants to help others, who has, you know, changed the way. Because remember, Max at first was didn't, you know, like Logan had to convince her to try and help out other people. She didn't want to help anyone at all. I mean, we we almost forget what she was like in episode one, right? Yeah, helping out Where herself she, and maybe her just little small herself. and her small group, maybe exactly right. And how much Logan had to convince her to do this and now she's all in and i think upon reflection logan realizes that she is and realizes that you know what she 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 is she might have this darkness but she's you know a good person whereas her uncle jonas went his i'm sorry his uncle jonas went completely dark right he just embraced that heart of darkness as he says right as did his partner and you know we get a big twist I mean, we get a couple big twists there at the end. We learn that Kale Industries has sold the hover drone technology to Dr. Elizabeth Renfro, who, you know, we've seen before. She's at some kind of power at Manticore. Wait, we just saw it. Was, is this the last episode that we, was that the only one we've seen her? Um, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, but now the question is. She was definitely is, in the last one, though. Right. So now the question is, how does she plan to use this technology? And it was a very well one way. Well, it was a is, nice touch when she takes the photo of Jonas's partner. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's so like, how, how stupid are you, man? You know, like I'm going to sell you drone technology where you can kill anyone at any time. Oh, you're just going to wire me the money? Yeah, give it to. Uh, all right, cool. Well, if he gave him, you know, if she gave him the money in in like a briefcase, she'd just kill him and then. Keep yeah. the briefcase. So, either way. All right. Anyway, in in the real payoff scene, Logan shreds the dividend check given to him by his uncle, and then he shreds the photos of Max given to him by Lodiker. So, I guess at that point, we're we're fairly sure that he's going to put that in the past. I mean, it'll probably take him a little bit to totally remove it, but that he's ready to move forward with Max. Absolutely. Finally, right? <laughs> now, I know you were distraught that we did not have a voiceover at the end. I, It really broke me up inside. I, I thought about you. Uh, but what we do get is this huge crate delivered to Logan. Bling brings it in. 
and it turns out to be the exoskeleton used by Phil and a little note that, you know, sorry it's damaged, but if anybody can fix it, I know it's you. And it, it seems to please Logan. So it'll be interesting to see if in the next episode he's got it up and running. And in yeah. fact, is he going to be up and running? He'd be like Iron Man. Yeah. Um, so pretty good episode. I mean, is there something we're forgetting? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, a really good episode. Uh, gosh, we've only got three left. I know. 2021 20, and 22. So it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Dark Angel or anything else you think we should be watching. I'd like to encourage you to join the Facebook group. And if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the sci-fi TV rewatch website. And we'll be back next week to discuss Dark Angel season one, episode 20, titled Hit a Sister Back. But until then... You know, Dave, it's actually it's so funny because I was saying this exact same thing to you at lunch the other day. I'm like, you know, only a bored, rich, liberal white guy would piss away a fortune to prove he's not a bored, rich, liberal white guy. <laughs>